Hey, what's up, everybody? This is a podcast called Side Talks, where we talk about movies. That's right. Uh, my name's Corey Kraft. Who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. And uh, we're here to talk about movies. Like we said, this is a quick intro. Yeah, we don't for do us. we don't do long intros on this podcast. Mm. We just we say our names and we get right to talking about the movies. And if you believe that, do not do any further investigation. Quit whatsoever. trying to drag this out. Let's talk about the movies. All right. That's the noise I'm making just for this segment. It's a good noise. Yeah, and we already have a lead in. It's Pick a City. We That's picked right. this back up a couple episodes ago, and oh, I thought, yeah. I know, it's such a challenge for you. I thought, let's keep going with it, uh, and we may retire it again, put it back on the shelf for a little bit, but today we're here with Pick a City, so I've got these pieces of paper. Russell, I am Russell, rustling Russell. them around. I am sorting them, shuffling them, if you will, and I'm going to randomly pick one unless you want to pick one. Okay, pick just, just randomly pick one, but no whammies, please. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. That one sounds good. Okay. okay. So here we go. And you're going to tell me first movie that comes to mind that's shot in or takes place in either way. Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, jeez. I don't think we've had that one before. Corpus Christi, Texas. Yes. Can you think of anything? You will be interested in at least one of these, I think. Huh. Interested to know, interested to learn. So you you have you have some preloaded here. I so. do. I've, I that was one of the changes to the to this game, is that it, instead of you just you know yeah. not having an answer for us on the times that you don't have an answer for us, that I would have some things up my sleeve. Well, I'm afraid that this might be one of those times that I don't have an answer for you. I'm trying to think of movies set in that area of Texas. And, and listeners, can y'all think of anything? Corpus Christi, either set in Corpus Christi or shot in Corpus Christi that you know of. Our but, listeners in Corpus Christi probably know. Probably. I mean, I feel like Richard Linklater is coming through there every now and again, right? Like Probably. And you know what? I tell you the truth, I didn't go too far down the list. Uh-huh. I didn't prep too heavily today. And so I only know a handful off the top of my head. But one of them uh-huh. is one of my favorite films of all time. One of your favorite films of all time. And yeah. Shot I, in Corpus Christi. It takes place in Corpus Christi, and I, be- I believe was shot there. But I'll have to go look, and maybe that's a retraction we'll come back with. But I'm pretty sure it was shot there. Well, I just don't have any idea. Even fair though- is fair, Corey. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. Now our listeners are deaf. Some of them are definitely. Yeah, it. everybody's yelling at me. It's just nothing is nothing is coming to mind. The Legend of Billie Jean. Okay. Well, as we established when you presented that on your list, a movie that I've never seen, right, and right. I haven't caught up with it. In the ensuing, I don't know, year or so. Um, so I really should do that one of these days. But okay. Here's another one that you probably could have guessed if we'd given you enough time. But okay. as, as our listeners know, it's no fun to just listen to somebody thinking. And so this this one took place. I'll give you some hints. Uh, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Okay. It is a biopic, biopic, however you want to say it. Okay. It spans a lot of Texas. It takes place. It takes. It spends a lot of time all along Texas. Okay. And it's about a singer. So Selena. Yes. There okay. you go. So not too bad of a guess. That was a lot of hints, but not too bad of a guess. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, I haven't seen that movie again since the mid '90s. So again, yeah. I, I would. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that that any significant portion of it was set in Corpus Christi. And so I don't know how much time they spent in Corpus Christi, but sure. th- apparently some of it was shot there, or at least took place there. I don't remember any scenes that were specific to Corpus Christi. So my guess is they shot some of it there. And then you might have been able to guess this too, Pearl Harbor. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Well, 
Anyway, that's just three. And so our folks from Corpus Christi are probably thinking, well, you didn't come up with this one or this one or this one, but that's what we got. Yeah, I just I never never even had a chance on this one. I'll yeah, just tell you I that. I gotcha. I gotcha. But, um, oh, well, um, next Good time try. I won't Good pick try, a Corey. fucking whammy. Like I do every week. Well, I mean, we're down at the bottom of the barrel of the cities. Oh, no offense to Corpus Christi. Not that you're at the bottom of the barrel, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you're not Hollywood. No Hollywood. The Summer Movie List. Pray or don't. Well, this summer's hot trend is cinema. Oh, yeah? That's right. And uh, to celebrate... The fact that the school year is coming to an end, the weather's getting warmer, and we're about to enter those great fun summer months and, I don't know, spend some time at water parks or whatever it is that we do in the summer. Um, We're going to recount our top six summer movies. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, This segment is going to cover numbers six through four. Now, Rachel, when you were compiling your list, are are these movies – that were that are predominantly set in the summertime and uh, give you that summer feeling when you watch them. Is that what you? Yeah, sort my, of cri- used my to- criteria for this was to either stay off of my top two hundred list, or I couldn't help but be a little on there because summer is my favorite season. Okay, I do love the seasons. Period. Winter being my least favorite, of course, of course, of course. Shots fired. Take yeah, that, winter. Sorry, uh, but fortunately, the case. we've almost completely eradicated that. <laughs> right, so don't worry so, uh, too much longer. Yes, the the month of January really drags by for me. But summer's my favorite, so I couldn't stay completely off my top 200 list. But these films all take place in summer, have good summer vibes, and have the spirit of summer at their core. And again, are either not on my top 200 list or at least not heavily represented there in, in the top 20 or something like that. I, I tried to tried to kind of steer clear of it. But I, I didn't do a great job at that because some of them are going to ding, ding, ding. But the... This is where they land, nonetheless. All so, right. And again, I always have this criteria for my list, and that is that these are films that I would like to watch over and over and over again. They're incredibly enjoyable. And so, like, uh, Hot Summer Nights or whatever it is, is that what it's called? That Timothy, your little worm, your worm boy, Timothy Chalamet. Yes, my worm boy, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> like, that's a fun film. I just don't need to see it ever again. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's that's my criteria, and so I'll go ahead and start off with number six. Please. And again, I mentioned bad keeping you know things off my favorite list here. Bad job at it, but I really love the Peanut Butter Falcon, and it is a very much a summer film. Not only does it take place, I believe, during the summer, but it is it's a very hot film, and everything about it. You know, it's a sort of Huck Finn story, and you know Shia's was a shirt off a lot and sweaty. That you can feel that. Appeal to um, me, but you can that feel appeals. that humidity the whole the whole time. <laughs> you really can, and it's shot in and around. Uh, I, I believe some parts of Wilmington, but also I believe Savannah, Georgia, as yeah. well, where I went to college, and yeah, undergrad. And it's a it's a just a great summer film, and we I also have a great love for it because it was one of the films we screened during the height of the pandemic, and in our summer drive-in, and That's it right. was one of my favorite things to watch in a really hot parking lot on a hot summer night. That's a good pick. I, I like that movie a lot, too. We've talked about it in the past, of course. Yeah. So what's your number six? My number six – well, I, I got to say, like, these are all – we use similar criteria, it sounds like. 
the vibes aren't as good in some of my picks as they are in others of my picks. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, for instance, my number six pick, not very good vibes, but it's unmistakably a summer movie, specifically one hot summer afternoon in New York as Al Pacino sticks oh, up boy. a bank. We're talking dog day afternoon. <laughs> Sydney Lumet, the great Sydney Lumet's amazingly entertaining bank heist thriller um, with an iconic Pacino performance. I mean, talk about a movie you can feel the heat. Oh, most in. definitely. And I knew you were going to go this route. I knew you were going to take a more serious direction direction oh, than me. you ain't seen nothing yet. I figured that. <laughs> so not the most fun film on either one of our list, uh, perhaps, but a great summer and, yeah, very sweaty film. Yep. So my number five, uh-huh. I'm taking it back to childhood. Okay. I'm taking it back to not one of my favorite horror films ever. Wow. But one of my favorite summer horror films okay. ever. And that is, of course, Friday the 13th. Yeah, I thought this was inevitable. It um, is. Of it course, is. it takes place at Camp Crystal Lake. Of course it does. And it is a very, if I'm remembering correctly, Corey, this is 1980. Is that right? Or 1981? 80 or 81. I can't remember. It, But it has a bit of that sort of 70s hangover vibe. Yeah. The really, really high cut denim shorts, the lack of political correctness, the very young Kevin Bacon, all of which I are close to my heart. So I remember this was very much a school is out. We're going to, my mom's going to drive us to the video rental store on a Friday night, grab whatever you can. And if Friday the 13th was on the shelf, we would oftentimes get it. I think we probably watched it half a dozen times, at least every summer. Great slumber party pick, just a lot of fun. Um, And also a nasty little film to boot. Oh, yeah. So perfect summer vibes on Friday the 13th. Very good fun. Well, um, my number five stars my little worm boy, Timothy Chalamet, in a story of uh, first love in Italy. We're going Call Me By Your Name here at number five, which is, you know, a summer of of young love, let's say, between Chalamet and uh, Army Hammer, who's a totally normal guy who's never done anything wrong in his life. Definitely didn't ever, you know, suggest he might eat some woman. But what's interesting about this is, is is Chalamet, is he um, is he a summer boy? He might be a summer boy. You know, I he's he's very pale, he's very slender, um, and he kind of looks weird with his shirt off. But other than that, I think he might be a bit of a summer boy. You know, hot summer nights, you got Call Me By Your Name, and Dune doesn't canonically take place during the summer, but it, it doesn't not take place during the summer. There's some desert action yeah, there, yeah, so it's, it gets it's very a little hot. hot. It gets a little hot. So maybe he's a summer boy. Had no had, Hadn't really put that together, but perhaps that is correct. Well, I will move on now to I cheat. You know I cheat. Uh-huh. Can't help myself. I have got a tie for number four. My number four is a tie, too. I oh, wonder if, wow. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So I'm just going to get this out of the way really quickly. An amazing documentary called Endless Summer. Uh-huh. And it is what a style piece this yeah. film is. Yeah. It is incredible. Just absolutely incredible. I love to have it on in the background. It's got an amazing soundtrack. If you haven't seen this film, you should definitely see it. If you haven't seen it in a long time, put it back on for the summer. And again, this is one you can kind of watch. as a, It's kind of a hangout film in some ways. You can watch yeah, it, it and not totally pay attention and just really enjoy the hell of it hell out of it. So that's my, uh, my first pick there for number four. And my second pick is don't tell mom the babysitter's dead wow okay 
Yeah, I love it. it. It all takes place over a summer, a summer in which, you know, again, it's the 80s. So when mom wants to go out of town and do her own shit, mom goes out of town and does her own shit and turns to the kids and goes, hey, I hired this old lady to watch y'all have fun. hundred bucks in the coffee jar. I'm out. If she dies, don't call me. Well, I don't think that that was actually the message, but I think the kids were like, let's not bother mom. Because, you know, the last thing we want to do is bring mom down. That's true. So we got to keep the vibes. Plus, good. Yeah, we want to keep our good time going. That's right. I love this film. I screened this over the pool last summer. Uh, and man, oh, man, it, it was a, it was a hit to see it in that in that way. And it's got summer vibes left and right, even though some of those summer vibes are akin to summer school there's a bit of you know christina applegate having to go to work during this thing to keep the household running but it's still very much a summer film fun yeah two good choices well my number four are very thematically connected they're they're directors looking back on their childhoods and their past with with some fondness one of them is a piece that begins on the last day of school the uh. other, a film that begins on the last day of summer vacation. I'm talking, of course, about George Lucas's American Graffiti. Yep. Great And pick. Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused, both of which are kind of similar shaggy, vignette yeah. hangout movies yep. that, that take place in groups of uh, small or, or young folks who are coming of age and, yep. and coming to find their place in society. I love uh, both of these movies very much. And in making this list, uh, realized just how sort of connected they were. I mean, Dazed and Confused might as well be Linklater's own version of American Graffiti. They're very, very inspired, similar. Certainly inspired by, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. So yeah. Those are, those are two movies I That's love. That's a great double feature. Oh, yeah. An excellent double feature. And uh, one of which is a bit more of a pondering on what the hell do we do after senior year. And yeah. the other one more of a junior to senior year. But in some ways, that's why it would be kind of fun to do the Days to Confuse screening first and then American Graffiti second. And gra- graffiti has all the, you know, the, the Vietnam sort of stuff hanging yeah. over it. I mean, the stakes are much higher yeah. than American Graffiti. Yeah. Uh, but in some ways, part of what I love about Days of Confused is how low the stakes really are right. with the perspective that that they aren't that low when you're when you're when you're that age right when you're Absolutely. in high school that especially that sort of year before graduation that that summer between fresh between I'm sorry junior and senior year it, it feels like the stakes are just about as high as they get yep absolutely Linklater does a great job capturing that vibe. He, he does he does so, yeah good choices thank you well that's six through four. On a future episode, we'll pick up our lists with numbers three through one. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for listening to the Side Talks podcast, where your own personal cinematic Kim Kardashian, she's referenced a good bit, but I'm doing it again. Okay. Kim Kardashian and Lily Reinhardt. I heard about this. Oh, yes. Lily Reinhardt taking shots at Kim Kardashian for dieting before the Met Gala. I heard about this. I think it was less about her dieting before the Met Gala and more about her. Well, the the message, sending out the message like I didn't eat to fit into my dress, and and Lily Reinhardt saying that's not something that people should aspire toward, which is true. Um, She's right, but I I don't know if, you know, we should call Kim out for that particularly because I think she was hardly alone in that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when you make that much money and you put yourself in the spotlight, that 
you know, brightly, so to speak, I think you get called out. Yeah, fair enough. So, you know, also, I think part of that, what's not being said is perhaps, 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 it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that the dress in question was Marilyn Monroe's dress. Oh, well, that's another thing. Look, I, especially now, the whole grandeur of the Met Gala just feels more and more like the fancy elites in the Capitol in the fucking Hunger Games movies. You know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. We're all just like, there is a literal plague ravaging the globe. Uh, women's bodily autonomy is being stripped from us in real time. Right. Um, and, um, but y'all are dressing up like a doorknob. Yeah, I mean, and and Sebastian stands like, look at my pink suit. Like, I don't mean to call him out because, again, he's not the only one. But uh, talk about like two things that are in stark relief: the the fact that the Met Gala was happening the same night that that Supreme Court decision leaked. Yeah, um, or, yeah. You know, isn't that geez. every awards celebration in this country? Really? I, I mean, at least at least with the Academy Awards, you uh, can say, well, they produced like a movie that people liked and that was artistically so. meaningful. The Met Gala, it's like, well, they're famous, so they, so they got to go up, to the right. this famous person party and dress ridiculously. Like it's just it's just mindless extravagance at that point. I got I got a bone to pick with the Met Gala. I bet they're going to cancel it now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it's they over. should do. Um, cancel the Met Gala, um, or you know, roll up the guillotines next year. I don't know. Like it's a little intense. Well, my guess is that Kim Kardashian is going to be just fine with or without food, or with or without Lily Reinhardt's approval. <laughs> that's very true. Um, Sidewalkfest.com. <laughs> I, I, what do we do here? Um, uh, we do. We thank Batwell Studios. We thank Batwell, of We thank course. our sponsor, Revelator Coffee. And their delicious coffee. Uh, so good. We thank our listeners, and then you tell them those socials, and we get the hell out of here. Sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media. Come see a movie with us at the cinema. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.